world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass <clears throat> the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, morning out there. Scrolling ahead through my phone real quick, trying to see if I... I was looking for something earlier. I haven't been able to find it. Maybe I'll be able to dig it up here in a minute and say, Coach, what is it? Well, doesn't matter. I'll, I'll, I'll find it here at some point. Uh, Friday, Friday morning, Flea Flicker Friday. And I'd really like to – I'm not very good at Flea Flicker Fridays because I say we're going to talk about what you guys want to talk about and then change the subject on you real quick. So I'm going to try to be good and do a Flea Flicker Friday today. It's Communion Friday, so get your communion uh, – give you a couple minutes to go get your elements, and then we'll dive into communion here with, with Joe, who's clear out on the West Coast, getting up at – it's now four in the morning, Joe. My clock says four oh one. So, good good morning out there, and uh, thanks thanks for being here, being part of. It. Let me let me just do this little bit of an opening, and then we're gonna we're gonna get into communion. Let Myra pray and get into communion. I had, I had kind of a re- revelation yesterday. A revelation is a uh, revealing. That's where the word revelation comes from. And I don't know if you guys believe this or not, but I believe in personal revelations, meaning. Something that had been revealed to me that I hadn't, I hadn't noticed before. I, I really hadn't noticed it. And uh, you know, the Bible says that wicked walks on us, wickedness walks on every side, or I guess maybe it's Proverbs that says evil, but I say wickedness. Evil walks on every side when the vilest of men are exalted. The vilest of men are exalted. Hey, Jonathan, real quickly, brother, go to, uh, go to Webster for me. Mr. Webster, pull him up. What is vile? I love, I, I love words. There, there is so much in words. We just say them, and we don't really think about one, right? So it's an adjective. Vile is an adjective. Base, mean, worthless, despicable. So evil walks on every side when base, mean, worthless, despicable people are exalted. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? We look around America today, and who is being exalted in America? The virtuous, the 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 the, the uncompromising people, uh, the dare I say it, the uh, Carrie Madays of the world, the the uh, Dr. Sherry Timpennies of the world, the uh, the Dr. McCullers of the world. Are they, are they the ones being exalted, or are we being exalted? Are we exalt? Are we exalting people? Yeah, would people? would rather have opinions and advice from LeBron James. I don't know where LeBron James stands from a biblical standpoint. I don't know if if he's a Christian or not. I I don't know. But you think about advertising. What goes on in advertising? Who is selling? Who are they using to sell you advertising? Vile men. Because we have become a cult of personality. Not, not a cult of virtue. We, we 
like advice from famous people, not necessarily virtuous people. And you think about <clears throat> who we see promoting something. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and it's usually movie stars or famous athletes or whatever. And we really don't have any, any understanding of who these people are, what they're good at, anything, what they do behind the scenes. Are they having affairs on their wives? Are they using drugs? Are they blaspheming the Lord? Do they serve the devil? We, I, we can run down a litany, just run down a litany of what we would call famous people who are, in fact, shaping the culture. They're shaping the culture. Why? Because they're pretty. They got big boobs. Uh, they can dunk a basketball. They can throw a baseball fast. They can catch a football. They can sing a song. They can play a guitar. They can dance. They, you know what? You're, you're picking up what I'm laying down? Boom. And the truth of the matter is we're constantly, because we're so star, this is a download, by the way, we are so star-focused that it's crept into the church. We've made Christian stars in the church. You know that. You, you can give me a thumbs up, right? We love to, we love to see people uh, endorse things. Like I, Tim Tebow, right? They hate Tim Tebow. Yet Tim Tebow is a hero in the church. And we all, I want to be like Mike. Remember that? I want to be like Mike. And we're in the, me- we're in the mess we're in because even in our pulpits, not broad brushing here. It's important we get this and understand this. We exalt personality. We exalt personalities. Everybody knows who T.D. Jakes is. Everybody knows who Joel Osteen is. We can run down a litany of them, of our favorite prophets and our favorite whatevers. We really don't know anything about them. We really don't know anything. I think we have to be really, really careful because we will find ourselves falling into that same uh, trap of idolizing the carnal man, the carnal man. When in fact, our focus should be on virtuous men. Give me a virtuous woman. Virtuous, what's that? What is that? Vile or virtuous? Vile or virtuous? Which do you want after? Do you want a vile wife? A base, mean, worthless, despicable one goes around showing off her titties? and, and do, is, that, is that what you want? Uh, do you want a do you want a vile wife or do you want a virtuous one? Virtu- <laughs> virtuous, virtuous. You getting it? Virt O U S, I think, isn't it? Not up there. Virtue. Oh, so try that. What's that say? Virtue. I can't believe. It. There it is. Virtuous, morally good. Acting in conformity to the moral law, practicing the moral duties, and abstaining from vice. A virtuous man. We have no virtuous men in America that we are, in fact, pointing out as role models to our children. Congress is not filled with virtuous men. The media is not filled with virtuous men, virtuous women. Everywhere you look, we are, we are idolizing Personality, persona, made up people that we take advice from. In fact, we don't even really know what it's like to, for the most part, to hang around a virtuous person. I'm so grateful today that I have a virtuous wife, a virtuous one, morally good, acting in conformity to the moral law, practicing the moral duties. 
chaste, efficacious, having great or powerful properties, having <laughs> all this stuff. Huh? Now, let me ask you this. Are you virtuous? When people think of you, do they think of virtue? You think, boy, there is somebody who keeps their word. They show up when they say they're going to show up. They do what they say they're going to do. They handle their their private matters in a virtuous way. Do they say that about us? Is that something that we strive? Is that something that we try to put into our children? Or do we try to put into our children fame, fortune, success, as opposed to virtue? And I think all of us need to step back for a second and understand that for the most part, we're not, we're not, we're not searching out virtuous people. Virtuous people can't get elected. You have to lie and steal and take bribes and virtue. That was all my heart today. I wanted to dump. I wanted to dump that out. Train your children, number one, to be virtuous, and to follow virtue, and to find those who are virtuous and lock up with them. It's a rare, rare quality. And we're in the mess that we're in because the virtuous never see the wicked punished. Can somebody say amen. The virtuous amen. never amen. see the wicked punished. Never. And Brent comes back to what we were talking about the other day with crime and punishment and forgiveness and everything the church teaches. That yes, Christ forgave you, but there is a price to be paid. If you violate my confidence, Yes, I will forgive you, but that relationship will never be the same. So strive to be virtuous. Myra, go ahead and pray us in. And then, Joe, let's get ready for communion here. Then, Clay, I want to hear about, Clay, I want to hear your testimony that you got here. Go ahead. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. Um, Good morning, Huddle. The reading today will be from Revelation 22, 12 through 15. Can you get that up there, Jonathan? Revelation uh, 12? No. What Revelation 12 through 15. Okay. Revelation is- 12. No, no, no. Revelation 12, 12 through 15? Yes. Okay. Just scroll down to 12. It there is go. written. It is written. And behold, I come quickly. And my no, reward no, hang on, is. Hang on. We're not on the same place. Okay. Revelation what? I have um, Revelation 12, 12 through 15. Re- Revelation 12, 12 through 15. I think she's saying Revelation 22. 12. Then uh, 12. Revelation 22, 12 through 15. 22 is important. Yes. Revelation 22 is important. There we go. 12 through 15. All right. Go ahead, Mel. Myra. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, coach. And behold, I come quickly. Hang on, reward- hang on. Hang on. Hang on. That's not a word. Quickly doesn't mean soon. It means boom. It happens fast. Boy, he's quick. Man, I like watching that guy play basketball. He's quick. I like that guy carrying the football. Boy, he's quick. God's coming quickly. Quickly. Go ahead. And my rewards is with me. To give every man according as his work shall be. Man, rewards for works, huh? Go ahead. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. 
Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whomongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Oh my goodness, I could do a whole show right there. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, grace, and joy on you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Joe, lead us in communion, brother. Um, yes, sir, Coach. You know, your discussion a couple minutes ago about uh, virtue and idolatry and things, um, righteousness, so I... Uh, it changed the verse I'm going to start with. So if we go to Second Corinthians 6, and I believe it's 14 to 16. Okay, Joe, so I don't care what LeBron James, I don't care what Whoopi Goldberg says. I don't care what, I don't care what any of them say. Okay, you understand, folks? We've got to follow virtuous people. Go ahead. So be not ye unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with, with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belia? Belia? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Amen. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Amen. And I think this might be where the word temple was not correct, 100% correctly translated. I think it actually means the most holy place in the temple, because on the Day of Atonement, which we recently had, uh, God the Father would come one day a year and they would tie a, into the most holy place. And they would tie a rope around the high priest in case he died inside there. They could pull him yep. out. No one else is going to go in there. And, and that was the most holy place with God there one day a year. If you're a spirit-filled Christian, you have the Holy Spirit there 365 days a year. Amen. So I think our bodies are the most holy place. Um, now if we could go to uh, first. Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. That the Lord Jesus, that said night in which he was betrayed, took first to say a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity for these brothers and spirits, brothers and sisters, all filled with the Holy Spirit from one part of this nation to the other, and some from abroad, uh, have the opportunity to gather to together and to remember with this small action that we do now together, remember together what you did for us, Lord, what you sacrificed for us, that you gave your only begotten son for us. And I guess that the means that we must be worthy 
because you would not sacrifice them for something unworthy. We were made in your image, but that does not mean we were deserving. And we are so grateful because we are all sinners. And we are so grateful. And we sit, we sit here now and we take communion. So forgive us our sins and transgressions as we examine ourselves. Bring us cleanse into your light. And we and bless this bread and this wine representing your body and your blood that you sacrificed for us with this New Testament, this new covenant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, amen. That the Lord Jesus, that same night which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After this same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. This do ye oft, as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen, Joe. I love, I love you, Michelle. She's upstairs taking communion upstairs. Clay, come on in here, man. Come on in here, Clay. You sent me hey, something. I'm here. You said you had a download. I, I want to hear your download here, Clay. All right. Well, there was. it's amazing for me, Coach. I'm telling you. Uh, I hope it touches y'all as much as it did me. I, I woke up at uh, 4... 34 this morning uh, with the Holy Spirit talking to me. And if the producer, Jonathan, if you could bring up John chapter 4, verses 34 through 38 in the Message Bible, if you will. I started going, when I get downloads like this, I consider it a message, and, and I started going to this Message Bible. Hey, Clay, let's make this clear for everybody gets nervous out there. I, I don't think the Message Bible is totally and completely righteous. Okay, folks? All right? But again, remember, all Bibles, I don't think the NIV. I, you could go through all of them, right? Um, this is, a again, an interpretation, right? This is what some guy is saying he read when he read it, okay? Don't use the Message Bible as your foundation, please don't. But it's illustrative at times, I think. Go ahead, Clay. That's right. And it's very close to the other scriptures. Uh, but two things that I have wanted to know lately is what will you have me do, Heavenly Father? And the other thing that I wanted to know was I wanted to have a, a more closer understanding to the Lord's Supper when, when I take of communion. And so at 434... Uh, I woke up and I started getting this download. So I went to John 4.34 this morning. And it says, uh, so what will you have me do, Lord? It says, Jesus said, the food that keeps me going is that I do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work he started. As you look around right now, wouldn't you say that in about four months, it will be time to harvest? Well, I'm telling you, 
to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. Mm. These Samaritan fields are ripe. It's it's harvest time. It is. It sure is. The harvester isn't waiting. He's taking his pay, gathering in this grain that's ripe for eternal life. Now the sower, now the sower is in arm with the harvester, triumphant. No, no, that's his the, arm in he's arm in arm. In other words, they've locked arms. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yep, they're locked arm in arms. They're uh, triumphant. That's the truth of the saying. This one sows, that one harvests. I sent you to harvest a field you never worked. Wow, wow. Without lifting a finger. You have walked in on a field worked long and hard by others. Wow, wow, wow. And that, that just spoke to me. It, 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 there's people that's prepared the way our heavenly father has prepared everybody's lives and all the difficulties they've seen and known and gone through so that they can get help and they can be harvested for the kingdom. And we have to go out and find these broken people that are ready for harvest and we have to help them and lead them to the Lord. And the other thing I wanted been wanting to know, hey, Clay, hang on Clay, just a second, because it's important to understand that you Folks, I'm talking to the rest of us. We are going to reap souls that we didn't even sow. We're going to reap seeds we didn't even plant. Somebody else did 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 30 years ago. As a young kid, somebody planted a seed, and we are the ones who get to go harvest that seed. Go ahead, Clay. Amen. And that's it. See, the Heavenly Father, he's ultimately prepared that field. He sowed the field through their lives. And now we have to go harvest the field. And the other thing I wanted was I, every time I take communion, I've been feeling like, uh, you know, there's something missing that I need to know. There's something missing a special connection in this communion. And uh, I had to get up out of bed and write all this stuff down because at 452, I couldn't stand it anymore. This is what I got about communion. When we take a bread and wine it provides us what we need it provides us strength comfort nourishment blessings benefits so jesus said when you take of this bread and take of this cup think of me when this happens to you this is what it gets to me he's saying take the, when you take of this cup when you take of this bread so when this happens to you because you love and follow me. See, when it, let me keep going. So it provides us strength, comfort, nourishment, blessings, and benefits. Will you partake of what has been prepared for you on this table? Will you partake of this, what has been prepared for you on your behalf? Will you accept this gift and all of the blessings which it will provide you? So this is what I also got. The bread equals the body. The wine equals the blood. Unleavened bread equals sinless bread. So this is the anointed. Imagine this. Imagine the bread and the wine sitting on the table. And then imagine Christ laying in the tomb wrapped in in sackcloth with those blood stains coming through there and imagine that laid out prepared on the table an anointed 
sinless body, the house of God, wrapped in blood, wrapped in blood-stained sackcloth laying there for you. Will you take of this cup? That's what I got this morning, Coach. Mm. <clears throat> Amen. And we can't take... We can't take of the cup unworthily, right? Or casually or cavalierly, right? Not to understand what what uh, what that personal sacrifice is all about. Amen, Clay. Amen. Amen. I came across a song today. I want to, I want to start with a song, and then I'm going to open it. I got a lot of good stuff today, really. But I'm just going to open it up and let some of you just share your hearts here this morning if you want to. But you guys remember Aaron Lewis? Aaron Lewis was the guy who sang the song, Am I the Only One? Remember that? Am I the only one ready to whatever? Yes, you guys know. Well, he, he's released another song. I want to play it today. Just heard it this morning, actually. It's called Everyone Talks to God. Everyone Talks to God. Go ahead and play that. <clears throat> Lyrics will be on the screen. Does that feel playing? He was saying grace over a Tuesday blue plate special when the man in the next booth said, Don't you watch TV? Don't you know that God's a myth? I hate to see you waste your breath. There ain't no use talking to a ghost that don't exist. The praying man said amen and looked up from his blade and said, You may not talk to God right now, but there's gonna come a day. Cause whether you're a farmer in the field, praying for the rain, oh, you curse a man. Cause he called a loved one's name You can thank him, you can blame him Either way you're gonna face him Whether you believe in him or not Cause in the end Everybody talks to God man in the booth went quiet Cause he didn't have a comeback So he shrugged it off and paid his tab And shuffled out the door And the praying man he prayed For the man who drove away Hoping he would see the light Before it got too late how was he to know He touched a non-believer's soul Who got that conversation Two red lights down the road Cause whether you're a farmer in the field Praying for the rain Oh, you curse him at the graveside Cause he called a loved one's name Whether you believe in him 
Oops, I was muted. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Everybody talks to God, don't they? Amen. Every, everybody talks to God. I, I want to. I just want to encourage you that that uh, those of you in the queue. I get e- I get I get I get emails regularly of people whose lives have changed from watching this show. I get I get three four a week, and. The amazing thing about it is, although they're impacted by the, the word and they're impacted by the sh- me and the show, so many of them see themselves in you guys. They see themselves in you. And, when, and I, could, I, could give you, I could give you example after example that somebody will say, you know, I was watching this show and boom, 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 and Mark said this or Clay said that. Boy, that really that really hit home with me. And I want you to know, Coach, that I did this as a result of that and blah, 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 blah. I, I, get, them, I get them all the time. And what I think is magical about here, and I wish from the bottom of my heart that we could get the word out, is Christianity, church in particular, is not supposed to be a monologue, folks. It's not supposed to be a monologue. It's a dialogue. That's so what the Bible says that we should forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Because when we get together, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. And we we're talking at the beginning of the show how we love to do worship stars. Hey, listen, if you're worshiping me and hang on every word I say, stop that, will you? Stop that. I'm just I'm just the director. I'm just the, I'm just the coach. I'm just the projectile through which the Holy Spirit speaks. But so many people are so stillborn in their faith because 
They never get a chance to express what they feel, what they think, hear from somebody else just like them. They go to church every Sunday. They sit beside people that they casually know, but they don't really know. And they have a guy standing in the pulpit who gives a sermon on what he feels like he ought to talk about that day. And people say, how you doing? Nice to meet you. See you next Sunday. And they go home and they are no more free than when they walked in. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. So, amen. Amen. So the magic here, the magic in what's going on here is some, we got a lot of people that are laying out there quietly, laying out there watching. And I want you to know that they're being greatly impacted by this, this, I don't want to call it a show, by this gathering. Because if you are dealing with an issue, I want you to know you're not the only one. (laughs) You're not the only one. And is there anything more tragic than to be bearing some burdens in life, whatever they might be, and to go to church on Sunday and leave and not really feel much different than when you went in. Oh, it was a pep rally, and they sang some encouraging songs, but when you go home, you still got those same problems facing you, same thing. And here you are trying to be a Christian, and your kids are lost. And here you are trying to be a Christian, and your spouse is lost. Here you are trying to be a Christian, and you hate your job. And here you are trying to be a Christian, and you're holding all this anger, and here you are trying to be a Christian, and you're dealing with this sin, and there is no place for you to be able to vent. That's again, that's why the Bible says that the, uh, that the, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It's the magic of, of what's going on here. I just want to acknowledge that your personal testimony matters. Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of their lamb. The word of their testimony. By the way, they overcame who? They overcame him. Who? They overcame him. Who? They overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb. They were forgiven. The word of their testimony. If you have been delivered from something, dude, do that, you got to tell somebody. Overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and loved not their own lives, even to the point of death. Because in order for you to bear your heart and give your public testimony sometimes, personal testimony most times, in order for you to do that, you have got to die to self. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, your, your salvation, your sin is under the blood. You got to tell somebody that it's under the blood. I used to be this way and I'm not this way anymore. But before you can do that, you got to die to yourself. Love not your own self, even to the point of death. And there's some of you who are not getting victory because you're too prideful to come clean. Now, hang on. That doesn't mean you come in here in the queue. And I say, uh, okay, let's hear from Clay today. And then Clay spits out all of his sins. No, 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 no. It's not what we're talking about. It's a public confession that the Lord did this for me. And then when the opportunity arises, how can women who've had abortions possibly permit other women to do that? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. They loved not their own lives, even the point of death. Point of death. This, I used to be this way, and now I'm this way. And you can be that way too. When's the last time you heard genuine 
personal salvation, deliverance testimonies in a church. Maybe at the beginning of the service, pastor said, oh, we have any praise reports today? Praise reports. Everything is so programmed. Say, say no, I haven't heard any I haven't heard any praise reports, but let me tell you what the Lord did for me. And we don't get it. We don't understand it. It's important that we do that. Got to tell somebody. Uh, Kevin, come on in. Well, coach, put you know, video in the chat. Put the video in the chat, please. Coach, what's so what's unique? What's so unique about this ministry and this this get together that we have every morning? Is it's like taking a church congregation and mixing it with a town hall meeting, where we get to stand up. You get it. You get it. You get to stand up and speak up, and then somebody else gets to it. It really is. It's almost like combining those two different types of forum into one thing, and it it makes it very very unique. And I think that's what a lot of the listeners, you know, really get so much out of it because they see themselves in the in the congregants that stand up and say, "Hey, I got something to say." Hey, I got a feeling on that. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord for this group. Your two cents should always be worth two cents, shouldn't it, folks? And we haven't been taught that it is. And the Bible says, again, that you overcame him by the blood of the lamb and your personal testimony. Do you have an opportunity to do that? We need to to take that aspect of it more seriously. Go ahead, Myra. Coach, in regard to... um... Uh, Parker's uh, brother Parker's download from John three thirty four Isaiah fifty three seven. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before the shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Hallelujah. Okay, now listen. Oh. I'm... <clears throat> That doesn't mean you roll over and take everything. Jesus Christ was on a mission to give up his life. You understand? That doesn't mean you never open up your mouth. We have to be careful with how we interpret Scripture. Jesus didn't open his mouth because he was on a mission to the cross. He could have opened his mouth at any time and stopped the whole daggone thing. He let it happen. He submitted himself and let the will of God go through him and didn't gripe and didn't moan. The only time he griped and moaned was when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, uh, if there's any other way, can you get somebody else to do this? I don't really want to do this. And then he said what? Nevertheless, your will, not mine. So when Jesus stood before them and opened not his mouth, he was on a mission. He fulfilled a mission. And I have to say that, Myra, because otherwise people will say, well, we'll see, Jesus didn't fight back. Jesus, well, Thank you, circumstantial. Coach. Circumstantial. Roger, come in. Roger Gates. Yes, Coach. Uh, one of the experiences I had in the church when I left is that you don't find the Holy Spirit's not working. You know, and, and when people go to churches, they only expect to hear the voice of men. And when the pastors go to the church, they never expect to hear from, from the Lord, you know. And, and, and the anointing is not on it. And I, that's why I believe that when we come in here, there's the, the anointings on it. Uh, 
people are hearing from the Lord and and people are recognizing that when they come in. And that's Amen. a big difference. Roger, I, I, I pray that people when they come in here know they're gonna they're gonna hear the truth as I see it. I'm not always right, but I don't I don't pull punches. And I think it's refreshing. Sorry, I think it's refreshing. The straight hey, talking hey. are refreshing. Rich, come on in. And coach yeah. is not from one man only either. Right. That's right. Not from one man only. Go ahead, Rich. Yeah, coach. I, I learned on this show, gee, a couple of years ago, maybe now, that uh, we were talking about the meek is controlled strength. Yes. And that's what you just you just gave the example of Jesus saying he could have called, called it all off. He could have brought hail down on everybody, hellfire, you know, and he didn't. He just went to the cross. He was that was controlled strength. Controlled strength. Meekness is controlled strength. And as I've said before, the meek shall inherit the earth. The meek is a picture of a stallion with a bit in his mouth. Power under control. That's meekness. Knowing when to speak and when not to speak. Knowing when to act and when not to act. That's meekness, folks. The Bible says those guys who can do that, that can hold the reins in the right direction, those are the ones that are going to inherit the earth. I pray that's us. I pray that's me. I pray that's you. That at the time when you're needed, you're going to get on that white stallion and you're going to ride in there and you're going to speak. And then you're going to turn and you're going to ride out. Because remember, if you don't go, the Holy Spirit speaks through people. If you can't go, God can't speak. Oh, he can speak. He can speak. You know what I'm saying? He's given you a word to say or an action to do. He's passed you the ball. You won't score a touchdown if you don't run with it. If you're constantly looking for somebody else to lateral it to. And unfortunately, that's what I think is, uh, that's part of that's part of the burden people have. They know something needs to be done. They don't know what to do. Mike, come on in then, Mark. Hey, Coach. Uh, no, with all due respect to how Joe led the uh, communion today, uh, I'm not a scriptorian or a theologian, but it says something about which temple ye are or something like that. Are we, our bodies, are they not, you you mentioned virtue. Are our bodies not a temple that we should keep clean and and not, and, and commit no defilement? And uh, uh, it just seems to me that if we keep our bodies virtuous, and don't do things, you know, that, that Christ would not do, and follow Him. We are our bodies are uh, essentially a temple, and we should well, keep them clean and undefiled. So, did you guys, if the if the Holy Spirit dwells inside you, right? You guys ever have a you ever sky high? We're written sky high this weekend. Michelle's going to run up there in a few minutes, and Abby, and they're going to make it sure that sky high looks good. Why? Who wants to walk into a dirty house? Nobody wants to do that. Are you the temple of the Holy Spirit or not? You want to invite the Holy Spirit into the filth? Are you kidding me? Is he going to come in? See, I don't think we, I don't think we talk enough about that. I really, I really don't think we do. A personal Amen, coach. holiness, man. That when he comes in, he's coming into a clean place. He's coming into a place of honor. I know, we're the temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are. And you want to put a jab inside of it, right? Mark, come on in. 
Yeah, Coach, thanks. So when Jesus uh, spoke the temple or the parable of the talents, um, he got to the uh, one servant that kept the talent hidden, and he called him a wicked servant for mm-hmm. for hiding that talent. Um, you know, there has to be a forum for us to share our talents. There has to be a way for that to be an outlet for us to avoid being wicked servants. And so mm-hmm. um, when you're in a standard uh, uh, church gathering uh, where the pastor speaks only, um, he's not allowing you to to not be a wicked servant. In other words, um, we have to have that outlet in order to be obedient. And, and Mark, I, I couldn't couldn't agree more. It's like me having a bunch of guys on the football team. They don't even know what position they play. So you go to church on Sunday morning. When you leave there, you know what your job is. You know what position you play. You know why uh, I'm not. I can only use this example because I live with her. You know why you, she and I function so well? I function in my my gifting, and she, my wife functions in hers. It's, it's amazing how that works, right? And we think about it. Just think about anything, any group that you're working with. Everybody has a job that you're supposed to do and is required to do it. you got to do it right. Is that in the church? Is that the church model to you folks? Really? I don't even know the giftings. The pastor doesn't even know the giftings of the people in the church. The pastor should be able to stand in front of the people and say, you know what? I've recognized this gift in you, and I want to help you develop it. Why? Because the Bible said that it's for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Saint, are you being perfected for the work of the ministry? You don't even know what your gift is. If you do have a gift, you have nobody to go to to develop the gift. It's sad. And Mark, Mark, you know, Mark kind of hit it right there, right? So in essence, you bury that gift. Lord said, oh, you wicked servant. You wicked servant. You didn't do that one thing you could have done? You couldn't do that? Come on in, Dave Allison. Coach, so you mentioned many times that masculinity is missing amongst the church. I'm not so sure the Holy Spirit would stand amongst the cowardly. So if if I started a fellowship, you know what I'm going to call it? The destroyer's disciples. <laughs> David, I I think you're right. Would the Holy Spirit even stand in the midst of cowards? You know, down the road from me, there's a motorcycle club. It's called Hell's Our Home. And I think I told you about it. And uh, Tuesday nights they meet, and that place is packed out. We're talking hundreds of men. And whether they be motorcycle riders or whatever, they're looking for that 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 masculine fellowship. Yes, and, and 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 they look at the church, and they they can see through their their phoniness. They can they can see yeah. that there's no comp. You know, you talked about courage. Courage is great, but you have to have confidence. I had the courage to fire my gun to go deer hunting, but I didn't have the confidence until I could hit that bullseye. Mm-hmm. Then I had the courage and the confidence that I could hit the mark. Oh, great picture, courage. And confidence. What a combination those are, huh? Wow. Shooting a lot of blanks. Some of us are. Clay. Something else I read this morning, Coach, that I, that I want to share with people. If you feel like you're not worthy of sharing the gospel, if something in your past has caused you to feel like you cannot tell people about Jesus, I was reading about the woman at the well this morning. 
and she had five husbands and jesus knew her past and when she left the well she ran back to town and she left her water jug there and in verse 28 john 4 verse 28 it says so the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people she said to the people come see a man who told me all that i ever did can this be the christ and then it says in verse 30 they went out of the town and were coming to him she led people to christ they went out seeking christ a sinful woman so just because you got a, a bad past or things in your past doesn't mean you can't lead people to Christ. Man, that's the miracle of it. I once was blind, now I see. Huh? What about the change? Hey, do that real quick, Jonathan. Go to YouTube and see if you can find uh, What About the Change. It was a song by, was it Stephen Curtis Chapman? What About the Change? What About the Change? Because that's the, see, you know, I mentioned yesterday about my fraternity brothers not inviting me to a party. I don't know why they didn't. I mean, I, I really don't know. I'm speculating, right? Whatever. Uh, it was the change. See, they can, they can, they can call you names. They can say whatever they want to about you. Oh, he's religious. Yada 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 yada. But the truth of the matter is, they can't deny the change. Something powerful happened. He's trying to find it. What about the change? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Stephen was it? Who? What about? Now nah, scroll down. Casting can, no. What about the change? You had it at the top, I thought, there. No. Daggone it. Well, that's all right. The Holy Spirit gave to me. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, uh, right. Coach, uh, you know, what, uh, what, what Clay was just saying there, it's important to remember, to me anyway, every saint has a past, and every sinner has a, pe- a future through Christ. Amen. Amen. And so we, can't, we that's why the, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and loved not their own lives, even to the point of death, right? That's what I'm saying. Okay, look, I got some, I want, got a couple of things I want to Remember, did, we didn't find it, did we? Stephen could change. Yeah, maybe that's it. Try that. See if that's it. Hey, Jonathan, great job. See if you can find one with the lyrics. See if you can find this with the lyrics. Because the lyrics, words mean things, right? I'll give him a second to see if we can find it. Uh, lyrics, lyrics, you know? Change. Lyrics. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. Good job. 
See, folks, you got to show people you're a dead man walking. You're a dead man walking. I used to be this. That's your testimony. I used to be this. Now I'm this. How old guy's dead? Huh? This happened to me. It happened to you. I didn't think it could be. It'll happen to me. And don't ever forget this. The natural man can't get it. They don't understand. They don't understand. And so that's why the word of your testimony is so important. It's so important. I got to show you a couple more things here. This came out of nowhere. Pull up real quick. uh, Joe Biden democracy. Folks, they're brainwashing us. Now, you know, if you watch this show this week, we're a republic. We're not a democracy. Scroll down. We're a republic. We're not a democracy. Now, does Joe Biden know that? Does Nancy Pelosi know that? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Going all the way down. Go all the way down. Okay? Listen. Right here. Right there. This is a minute 23. And I want you to listen how many times Joe Biden uses the word democracy. Does he not know better? Go ahead. For democracies are more than a form of government. They're a way of being, a way of seeing the world, a way that defines who we are, what we believe, why we do what we do. Democracy is simply that fundamental. We must, in this moment, dig deep within ourselves and recognize that we can't take democracy for granted any longer. With democracy on the ballot, we have to remember these first principles. Democracy means the rule of the people, not the rule of monarchs or the moneyed, but the rule of the people. Autocracy is the opposite of democracy. It means the rule of one, one person. How about Trump? One ideology, one party. To state the obvious, the lives of billions of people from antiquity till now have been shaped by the battle between these competing forces, between the aspirations of the many and the greed and power of the few, between the people's right for self-determination and the self-seeking autocrat, between the dreams of a democracy and the appetites of an autocracy. And today I'm proud. How many times am I counting? Eight, eight times. Does he not know better? Does he not know better? Do we not know better? See, that's the thing is, we don't know better. We think, oh, I could just go on and on, just on on that clip right there. Joe Allen, come on in. All those democracies he missed up one time said republic. Yeah. Well, see, that's you understand democracy, Democrats. You understand what they're talking. He wants people to think they're for, they're for the people. One other thing, they're renaming the flu. Pull that up there real quick. Man, I got to get this in, in before I go away. Renaming the flu. You ready, Matt? I'll bring you in here in a second. Pull that up, Jonathan. See it there? Down to bottom. Nope. Nope. Renaming the flu. Whether, there it is. Okay. Play it. Play it. Folks. They're renaming the flu, the common cold. This is a minute 19. Go ahead, Jonathan. Ah, scroll, scroll down. Maybe it's down at the bottom. Uh, hey, we're, we're running short on time. I'll put it in the chat. 
I can't believe I just played it. I just played it. What about the change? Matt, come on in. We are a um, not a, a democracy. We're a republic. But the man cannot say republic because it's the first part of republican. Right. And he right. cannot stand to say the word republican. So that's why he won't say republic. Hell, it's pretty That's simple. right. I know that. Republican, Democrat, Democrat. I get it. I get it. I get it. But see, they're just lying to us. I think we got it now, don't we, Jonathan? Renaming of the flu. If not, click up there to right. Click up on the right if it doesn't there, John. Write the picture to right. Yeah, click on that. Unbelievable. Mine played right away. Oh, well, anyway, anyway. What about the change? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their own lives, even to the point of death. And your testimony is no good if you don't tell people about it. People are changed more through personal testimony than any other means. Any other means, folks. And they've taught us to keep our religion to ourselves, keep our faith to ourselves. We know that they've done that to us, right? It's exactly what it overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and love themselves not even unto death. Here, he got it. He got it gone. Renaming the flu. Go ahead. Is it working? No sound. No sound. Sorry. Did the best I could. Did the best I could. We'll see you on Monday.